Welcome to Freaky Fridays, part of the Podmoth Network, the podcast where we talk about all kinds of scary, spooky, freaky shit. I'm Michelle. And I'm Melissa. And tonight, we're going to talk about celebrity ghost stories. But first, let's welcome you back from the long summer. Yeah, we took a little we've hiatus. Been, we've been waiting so long to get our shit together and start <laughs> podcasting again, but we were just enjoying the summer so much. Oh, yes, we did so many fancy things. Yes. Traveled around the world on our Jet yacht. Jet-setted Paris and Italy. Fabulous. Oh, Paris, Las Vegas, and mm-hmm. uh, an Italian restaurant. Yeah, Close Palm Springs and Bakersfield. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just kidding, it was a great time. Yes, it was fun. We're back because, well... It's spooky season. I was going to say, it's... It started, but it actually, I mean, we were kind of ready, like, in August, right? Oh, we yeah. To, or yeah. July. I mean, it's I'm the most always, wonderful time of the year. It is. I'm always ready for spooky season. For yes. me, I tell everybody, fall officially starts in my book on September 1. Yeah, I, I do like September 1st as the official day. I think that should be um, indoctrinated. No. I, yeah. Nationalized? I don't know. Sure. Let's make it a holiday. For me, there's a shift that happens when September hits. I just have this whole different feeling and vibe. Yeah, it feels it's like mental, fall. but it, it used to be environmental, but yeah, it's <laughs> fucking hotter than blazes outside. And yeah, my house is decorated for Halloween on the inside. And I've yes. got, you know, fall candles going and outside I could still lay out there and get a freaking tan and be out there till 11 o'clock at night in my shorts. And no one would ever know that on the inside of my house, it looks like fall. <laughs> I'm afraid to put anything outside because I don't want people going, huh? I didn't start my front yard yet only because, you know, I always like to put a lot of pumpkins around. Mm-hmm. I did that last year too early and they got hot Oh, and rotted. Pumpkin pie. Yeah, so I had to get rid of all of them get all new pumpkins because I like real pumpkins. Plus, you know what else is really weird? I don't know what it is about this year, but Halloween stuff is barely trickling out in the stores right now. And it's really strange to me. Right. And not a lot of it. Like usually it's uh, like you walk into say Michael's or somewhere, anywhere, and it's just like tons of Halloween stuff. And I don't feel like there's any. No. And I go. I thought it was just here. I'm glad that you said that. I thought Nevada was just like anti-Halloween. Like Target, because you know, Target always has cool Halloween stuff. They still have school supply stuff up. And I'm like, listen, people, school started back in early August this year. Yeah. You don't have your pencils. You're out. You're out. You're too late. Too late. Not my problem. I want my Halloween shit in. Mm -hmm. Went into, because I'll hit up all the stores. I'll hit up Michael's, TJ Maxx, Mm -hmm. Big Lots, any store that sells that. Dragging your husband with you. Yeah, and he was a good sport about it. But so Big Lots, I was so disappointed because I kept getting these emails and I don't, I really don't shop there. I don't even know why I get an email from them, but they kept showing all this. Oh, I signed you up. Okay. They kept showing all the, I think I sent you an email, all this cool Halloween stuff. Yeah. So I go there, there was half of an aisle of Halloween, yeah. but there was two full aisles of Christmas out already. Oh, we had like a fall aisle, one Halloween aisle. aisle. And then, yeah, Christmas was there. So I don't um, understand what's going on this year because by this time, normally <gasps> supply all the shortages. Stuff, 
That's what I, I was think. guessing. And I'm like, are they going to use that bullshit? There's not enough delivery trucks, but then how come there was enough to deliver all the, hell, the Christmas shit? Because <laughs> that's been sitting there for years. <laughs> it's just irritating. I just, you know. They probably send that container out in January. <laughs> but I still get this, like, it's weird. I don't know if it's because I'm a, a fall baby, a September baby. Mm-hmm. And I just love this time of year. But when September first hits, I just get this different, like, my internal, like, thing it just changes inside me your vibe your yeah your vibe becomes spooky mm-hmm. i wish other people would join in earlier than they do yeah. like you don't have to wait like till christmas October first people yeah. people decorate before thanksgiving all the time so christmas so mm-hmm. let's start halloween in august i say august first becomes the new spooky season okay works for me all right petition is going to be made please check our website <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we decided, well, I guess selfishly, these are two of my favorite things, celebrities mm-hmm. and ghost stories. So we chose Mindy Cohn, Natalie from Facts of Life, okay. and you are telling uh, the story of... Thorin, well, one of the drummers, the second drummer from Guns yeah, N' Roses. Guns N' Roses. And I will say that if we have time, I actually did watch Daniel Stern and I really mm-hmm. like him. So if we have time, I do want to mention his really quick mm-hmm. um, because I thought it was really interesting. I don't know if you've seen that or not, but I have, but I, I would it love really to. tripped me yeah, out because I haven't watched it for a while. So yeah, it'll be nice to like hear yeah. it retold. Okay. Why don't so, you go first? Dig in. Uh, yeah. Let's uh, talk about Mindy. So Mindy is the infamous Natalie Green on the Facts of Life. Younger audiences may know her as the voice of Velma from Scooby-Doo. Shut the front door. Yeah, like in the in the uh, later years. Oh. In the oh. past, like, 10 but years. But the cartoon. Ago. Yeah, the cartoon movies, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't realize that she did that. So oh. I also did not realize that her birthday is two days after mine. Uh, she was actually on the season three, episode four of Celebrity Ghost Story. And she was talking about how she always feels like she's always been sensitive to energy. She always has those feelings. And if she would go in somewhere and have those feelings, she'd be like, uh, I don't feel right here. I got to leave. So she's very sensitive to that stuff. In 2009, she decided to write a book. I forgot to look up if she actually did end up writing this book after the story, but she decided to write a book and she was talking to a friend and asked if she could use her friend's empty apartment because in LA, somebody owns an empty apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, but she wanted to feel like she actually was going to work, get away from her house and actually oh, go yeah. somewhere to concentrate and do some writing. Mm-hmm. Her friend allows her to stay a couple of days a week. And in the episode, she talks about the stately old building. And after some digging around, I'm 99.9% positive. She's talking about the Castle Green Apartments in Pasadena. And let me show you. It's absolutely beautiful. That is the outside of the building, obviously. Oh, that's and, cool. Uh, yeah. I so it was, Pasadena. Yeah beautiful like architecture blah 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 real quick background because kind of interesting is that it was first named hotel green because the guy that built it in 1893 was named george Beale green mm. very unique very creative. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and is now over 120 years old due to the popularity there was a second and third building and it says they were built for the wealthy who loved vacationing in sunny california 
So it was this huge luxury hotel in Pasadena. So these buildings were a hub and great viewing spot for the Rose Parade, which has been going on since 1890. Have you ever been um, to that, have, by the way? I have not because it is so, people camp out on the street to get a decent viewing spot. So I never wanted to go and fight the crowds, but I, I do care that it's pretty fun. And even if you camped out, if you don't have a bad back or something and don't mind the uh, slightly cooler night, um, I hear it's really fun. Yeah, so they'd have all of their little fancy pants parties there and have painting exhibitions and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And in 1903, when the third building was built, they, after some renovations, and it was very hard to nail down the, like, history of this hotel. Mm -hmm. Google needs to get its shit together. (laughs) (laughs) Some conflicting dates or conflicting stories, but eventually the third building was renamed Castle Green. The other buildings became dilapidated, and the one that I showed you, Castle Green, is the only one that remains. In the 70s, it was renovated into senior housing, Mm -hmm. and then into the apartments that it is today. Mm -hmm. And so you know, an apartment at Castle Green for a studio one bath, 503 square feet, I had to look this up, 503 square feet is about the size of 3.12 parking spaces. Yeah, it's about the size of my office. (laughs) That is $470,000. Oh my God. And then a 821 square feet, which is five times the size of a parking space. Wow. One bedroom, two bath, $645,000. So because of how gorgeous the grounds and everything is, there's a lot of weddings and events, and they film a lot of movies there. But most important, Murder, She Wrote (gasps) was filmed on location there. One episode. I couldn't figure out what episode, but so it, it sounds beautiful, right? It sounds nice and great history. So back to Mindy, Mm -hmm. normally she's living in a house by the beach and she wasn't used to the sounds of this 120 year old building squeaking and floorboards creaking. And she said she just had a sense of not being alone. So after a couple of days at the apartment, she hears the doorknob jiggling like the front door. And she thinks it's her friend that is loaning her apartment. So she calls out no answer and she opens the door. No one's there. So that was the first time that something happened, like after a couple of days. So right off the get-go, then a couple of weeks go by. I know what. (laughs) I guess ghosts don't have keys. (laughs) How about a knock? That's worse though, because we talked about the quiet knock at the door. Yeah, that's like almost. Go ahead and jiggle that door now. So a couple of weeks go by and it has one of those underground garages. So she pulls into the underground garage and she's walking towards the elevator and she hears footsteps and laughing behind her. And she's like, okay, she's usually all alone. It's a garage, nobody's in there. Mm-hmm. So she goes to the elevator, she pushes the button, she's waiting. And all of a sudden she sees this little boy watching her and he's dressed like very old vintage clothing He's around seven years old and he's just standing there. And then all of a sudden he vanishes. So she's like, okay, goes about her day. So then another time she's pulling into the garage, goes to the elevator, gets in. And when she gets in, she's completely alone. Mm -hmm. And her phone rings. So she puts down all of her stuff and digs into her bag and grabs her phone. And when she stands up and answers her phone, there's the presence of a man behind her. So she turns around 
and sees him and he doesn't move. He's just standing there. He doesn't say anything, dressed very old school, vintage. And she goes back to her phone and says, hey, let me call you back and turns around and he's gone. So let me show you to even put it more into perspective. And all of these pictures I'll put on the Instagram too. What the elevator looks like. Oh, that's kind of cool looking. It's very I cool. I love that. It's so vintage looking. Yes, but coming up from a garage, basically oh, in no. a cage. No. No, thank you. So, yeah, beautiful, very uh, old school. Actually, I found out that it's the oldest elevator on the West Coast. Wow. Black wrought iron lattice work, and it's like cage, so freaky in itself. Yeah. One. Thing, I just have to call this out because I'm I don't want anybody to call me out I don't want any of our 16 viewers <laughs> listeners to call me out there were a lot of articles that say that this elevator is manned 24 hours since like 1990 so I'm not sure oh. how she was in there alone if there was someone manning it yeah like a operator yeah so I don't know maybe he was pooping it's kind of poop great. Yeah. So after that experience with the man in the elevator, she calls her friend that's learning her apartment. I think her name's Gray, but it's hard to tell in the episode. And she says, hey, I saw this like ghostly man in the elevator. And immediately she says, oh, yeah, I've totally seen him. And she's like, uh, excuse me. <laughs> Apparently, like everybody in the building has seen this guy. So without prompting, the friend starts describing his appearance and clothing to like a T and Mindy's just like blown away because she hasn't said anything. So she also mentions that there's a young boy that was in the garage that she saw. And the friend says, oh, that's the custodian's son. So the custodian, who was the man in the elevator, mm -hmm. and his son used to live on site on the first floor, which I guess became the garage. The custodian's office was there, all of his tools and supplies. So they hang out there a lot. And one day when the elevator was being tested, the custodian's son was playing and ended up in the elevator shaft on that first floor. One of the cables snapped and the elevator fell three flights, killing him instantly. <gasps> oh, that's so awful. that ended Mindy's driving over to the apartment to right there because she was not getting the quiet and solitude that she yeah. was looking for. So I started looking up this place, Castle Green, not from their website, Wikipedia, things like that. And there are some blogs like talesofcastlegreen.blogspot.com where she lived there with her husband and she writes about the building. It was built at the end of 19th century as a retreat for rich Easterners seeking a break from the snow or sun to cure their Victorian maladies fainting, fevers, or sadness, which was depression back in those days, and prolonged invalid states. Maybe it was more than just a resort. Maybe it was kind of like a spa back in the day that, yeah. that housed kind of ill people. Yeah. It was very close to the train tracks, so there was just a lot of people coming into the area. And some people were cured and eventually made their lives in California, but some people were not. And despite its luxury, they died at Castle Green. So in addition to the ill, those now permanently on vacation at Castle Green have tales of tragedy. So this is another conflicting thing I heard. Very similar, but different. 
She says a servant boy was crushed in the downstairs laundry apparatus. One can still see the machinery that killed him today. Reminds me of the Napa Inn. Ironically, they've placed the new laundry room at the site of the old one, and people claim to hear whispers as they're pressing their pants. They have washers and dryers in their apartments, which were once hotel suites, but everyone does their laundry downstairs so they can gossip. probably want to hear like the whisper but that would be creepy to see that like machine there that actually killed a boy Uh, another Mm -hmm. site called phantom los angeles.blogspot said that castle green was built of concrete and rebar for sturdier construction the hotel green or castle green also had caught on fire when a guest fell asleep with a lit cigar catching the drapes and furniture on fire in the first floor smoking parlor and you can actually still see the damage on the square columns of where the plaster melted and the heat and the water from the fire hoses so during that fire there were multiple people that died but i could not find anything specific to that custodian and his son so it was really interesting all these Mm -hmm. stories Mm -hmm. but those were the only ones that i could find that talked about it but it seems like it's just something that they're like yeah it's haunted kind of like nap in like yeah no big deal. It's just we're used to it now yeah. yeah we just live alongside these spirits so that wow. is mindy cone natalie from facts of life her celebrity ghost story it's creepy very creepy anything with old school elevators garages and men just appearing out of nowhere and not saying anything <laughs> and kids creepy as fuck to me and kids it's it's always the kids is especially pretty much every single bit of that writing a book is scary yeah <laughs> so for our listeners do you have a freaky story you want to share if so go to our website at freakyfridayspodcast.com where you can email us or find us on instagram at freaky fridays pod Hi! If you're looking for another spooky and funny podcast to add to your rotation, check out Anything Bones, now part of the Podmoth Network. Hey Boneheads, I'm Sophie Schwartz. And I'm Caitlin Hart. And we're the hosts of Anything Bones, the podcast where we talk about bones and bone-related topics. So, what are bone-related topics? Thank you for asking, Caitlin. This can be anything from mausoleums to murderers, famous skeletons to cadaver dogs, bone churches, mummies, serial killers. You'll hear about them all. And sometimes we have guests stop by and tell us their favorite bony tales. Check out Anything Bones on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or wherever your little heart desires. We release new episodes every Saturday. Bone Bone Voyage. Voyage! All right, I am ready. All right, so I watched season two, episode 15, which had several great stories, but Sorem's was definitely the creepiest. Yeah. Former drummer of Guns N' Roses. He's also a former band member of Velvet Revolver. Um, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's been in a couple other bands, and now he's part of um, Kings of Chaos. So he's still a musician. Um, Yeah, it was like the mid-90s. He was working as a producer, and he liked to... I mean, that's what they do is find new talent. And he found this one band that he thought was, you know, sounded really good and he wanted to get them in the studio to record. So with the time he was, was re- <laughs> yeah. at the time he was 
doing this at Studio 56, which originally in 86, Studio 56 was in uh, White Oak in Northridge, California. Mm-hmm. And then in the, the 90s, they had to expand. They needed more space, so they moved into a building in Santa Monica Boulevard. They had to keep expanding. I mean, they've housed artists such as like Ray Orbison, Rod Stewart, Guns N' Roses, obviously, Voice to Men, Dr. Dre, like numerous, numerous big time artists have recorded in the studio. It no longer is a running or working studio. Oh. Yeah. Um, Somebody does it from their home podcasting. Right. (laughs) Um, It could be, you know, the story I'm about to tell you too. I'm not sure. So in the nineties, like I said, he was working there. He found this great group that he wanted to record, got them in session. So one night he's at studio 56 and around 2 a.m. Because, you know, recording is not a quick thing. You record over and over and bits and pieces here and there. Yeah. Oh, so, I know. I've watched Selena. <laughs> Selena. So around 2 a.m., they were recording just the vocal track of this female singer. So the whole band's there. They're doing her track. They start playing it back. So you record. They play it back. Want to make sure mm-hmm. it sounds good, blah, blah, blah. As they're playing it back, they would get to certain tracks and this voice would cut in through the recording. It was being recorded. Yeah. And it was like this deep, loud, like grumbling, almost possessed sounding voice that they kept picking up. So they kept recording over and over and the same thing was happening. And they were finally at the point they were like, we don't know what's wrong with the equipment. We're not sure what's going on. We're going to move on and we're going to record, you know. That'd be so annoying as well. Right? Especially, <laughs> it's at 2 a.m. in the morning. I know. You've already like, been recording for hours. Yeah. yeah. Poor girl's voice is like hoarse. I know. So they move on. They, they do the percussion. They do, you know, everything else, whatever. So then the band takes off and around 4 a.m. It's just Zoran and the sound engineer guy. And they're just kind of chilling in their chairs, kind of leaning back with their eyes closed, replaying everything, listening to everything back. And they're sitting there and the sound engineer all of a sudden goes flying forward. Like they're sitting at a recording table Mm-hmm. And he goes flying forward in his chair and he looks over and he's like, yo, like, what the fuck? Why'd you push me? He's like, I'm laying over here with my eyes closed. <laughs> like, I didn't touch you. So he's like, okay, well, well I'm going to get up. I'm going to go to the bathroom, whatever. Oh, wait, was cocaine involved? <laughs> no, here's the thing. And actually, because Brian had made a comment too when we were watching it. Soren did have a drug and alcohol problem, but at the time he was 100% sober. It's four in the morning. There's no one else there except for the receptionist right. who has to be up front and just these two guys in the recording studio. He goes into the bathroom and he's like washing it, you know, goes to the bathroom, washing his hands and he sees a ghost. The ghost walks right behind him. And it kind of obviously sends chills up his spine. He's like, kicks open the other door. Like he's like, there's no one in here. It's just me. There was no other toilets being flushed. No, you know, nothing. He just, the dude like- I just run out. Right? Sees in the mirror, he walks right behind them, just like close by him. And then that's, again, when he checked to make sure- I wouldn't even wash my hands. Peace out. Right? Like, I'm done. I'm, mm-hmm. I'll grab some hand sanitizer on the way. <laughs> so he gets back to the, the recording studio and he tells what happened. And they were like, okay, this is enough. Like, let's get out of here. So they go to leave and they come to a doorway and it, they said it felt like walking into a brick wall. And there was this voice, that same voice that was on the recording- that said out loud that they both heard, it said, don't come in, you're not invited. And they couldn't get through the doorway. They could see like that cold breath in the air. Mm -hmm. Storm put his hand through it. And as soon as he did, he said it sent this like electric 
current, like a chill all the way through his body. He can feel it go like one arm through all the way out through the other. They go find receptionist. It's this dude that's working there. And they were like, hey, like there's been some really weird like ghost activity going mm-hmm. on. Like we don't know if we're losing it. Like what is happening? And the the dude that works at the, at the receptionist, he's like, oh yeah. He's like, there's been several stories about things happening. It's not the first time. Well, come to find out. <laughs> These people are all so nonchalant. Oh yeah, we yeah, know. Yeah, right? Like well, we know all about it. Come Can there be a flyer it. at the front desk? Like, right. welcome <laughs> to Studio 56. <laughs> Um, the, the receptionist proceeds to tell them that years prior, there was a head and an arm found outside in the dumpster area of this building. Oh. And they've all sort of come to the conclusion that it's this guy that was killed, but only his head and arm were found. And he's sort of stuck there wandering around. I don't know who the guy is. They never yeah. divulged the information about him. And I tried looking it up and I didn't see anything. So that's kind of where that ghost story falls in. And actually, Guns N' Roses have a song called Double Talkin'. And yeah. the first line of that song is, found a head and arm in a garbage can. So oh they my wrote God. a song that was based off that. And now the ghost is even more pissed because he's like, where's my ride? Like, they don't know if this guy had worked there, if, if he, you know, they're not sure who he was. They don't know if he had owner, like, whatever. But he was basically in the 80s. Who knows? Right. And they said it felt like he was there protecting what was his and he didn't want anyone else in there and storm says he never reported there again and eventually it closed down and i think it has something to do with all of the hauntings that happened that go on there and it's one thing to be like okay i'm by myself and this is happening but for two people to witness it and see it and feel it and hear what they hear and then for other stories to come through where people have had hauntings it's like how do you not trust in that how brave is Matt Sorum to touch smoke in the air. Yeah, right? Like, isn't that kind of nutty? I thought that same thing. I'm like, what are you touching it for? You don't know what that is or what it's going to do to you. Yeah. That was a pretty cool story. Yeah, very cool. All of the different legends that have recorded in there who have passed, were there ghosts haunting there? Were they, you know? Maybe that's the devil that they make a deal with that gives them fame and fortune. Yeah. So I wonder if any of them had any stories. I don't know. It's weird when you look, it'll say like Studio 56 haunted or Studio 56 head and arm found. (laughs) Like the receptionist told him there have been other sightings and other people saying they felt things or seen things or heard things, but there's not a a ton of information on it. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, Matt Sorum's celebrity ghost story. I love celebrity ghost story though. Those are very entertaining. Do you want to do the Daniel Stern one and just see if, uh... if we can fit it in? I'll, I'll be really quick about it because it's kind of a quick story, it felt like. So, okay, so Daniel Stern, celebrity ghost stories. If you don't know who Daniel Stern is, then clearly you've never seen City Slickers or Home Alone. Mm-hmm. And didn't he voice the voice I of think... the Wonder Years? Yeah, yeah. yeah he was done, a narrator. I mean, he's done a lot of work. He's done yeah. so much. I just he's love great. him as an actor. Yeah. So in the 80s, he gets married and his honeymoon he and his wife want to go abroad they go to london and all those places so they decide one day to rent a car and drive through these kind of like back roads in london that are all very like woodsy and like just very nature you know it's like a really pretty drive or whatever so they're driving and they come across the sign of this town it's called the moors sorry the town is called whittacombe the place where they were driving was called the moors i guess like the street or where the area they were in was called the Moors. Yeah, okay. Like, like when you say the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah. Like the whole, yeah. 
Then they come across a town called Whittacombe. So they decide to stop and they, they park, whatever, they get out. And they, they start walking and they're like, oh, like, let's find a pub. We'll get something to eat, have a beer, whatever. So they're walking and he and his newly, you know, wife, they notice that there's a bunch of people walking around, but none of them are talking. They're all dressed in black and they're walking with this really slow pace. They're kind of meandering no around. Des- yeah, no destination. About. Right. Yeah. Oh, like Disneyland. Yes, I know those people. Fuckers. Um, So they're walking and they're trying to find like a pub or whatever. And there's like this really big old church there. And these people are giving them the freaking heebie-jeebies. I mean, because they just, and of course, in, you know, the reenactment, they all kind of make them look like zombies or whatever. Yeah. They're just getting this feeling of it's a quiet town. No one's talking. It's really creepy. So they walk past the church. There's this lady standing at the door, but she's got her back to them. And they said she's dressed in like, you know, and everyone was dressed in like older vintage looking clothes also. So they go to approach this older lady and she's got like the long black veil on and her backs to them. They tap her on the shoulder. She's at the door of the church or what used to be a church. And when she turns around, her eyes are completely white. There's no colored people or anything. There's no, no color. There's no people. There's not, it's just, that milky white color and she starts yelling at them in tongue and even though they don't know what she's saying they're like we felt like it'd be rude if we walked away so we finished (laughs) keep yelling at me i don't want to be rude and when they're standing there listening to her those people who are milling about in the background are starting to walk towards them Mm -hmm. so they were like fuck this shit we're getting out of here yeah let's just get in the car and hit the road so they let her finish kind of spewing off at the mouth and tongue and just being fucking freaky they go, they get to the car, and they're back in the backwoods driving to head back to their next location, which is where their hotel is. They're like, let's just go get checked in, blah, blah, blah. They get a flat tire. Mm. And they get out, and they look at the right? And they're they're not far from the town they just came from. The wife's freaking out. She's like, I don't care. It's a rental. Let's just drive on it. I don't want to wait here and be stuck. That's how I would be. <laughs> yep. yep. So he's like, hey, screw it. It is a rental. So they, they drive on the metal. You know, I mean, they're literally Real, driving yeah. on the metal. They finally get to their hotel. And they get checked in and they're visibly shaken. Like the receptionist at the hotel, but it's an older gentleman and he's checking them in. He's like, you know, are you guys okay? And they're like, well, we just stopped in this town called Whittacombe. And the receptionist looks at them and says, no, nobody goes there. It's a haunted town. Don't ever go there. People do not go there. Well, <laughs> it's a bit late for that. Right? They find out that in the 1600s, while that church was in session, there was a mass going on just in that little Whittacombe town. They had an isolated, this crazy lightning storm, and the church built down with everybody in it. And those Burned people, down? All, yeah, they all oh died. God. So the story is that all those people who were sort of milling about, they're all dead, and they're in purgatory, and they were never able to cross over. And they're trying to figure out what to do. They don't know where to go. I wonder what, he, what she was saying to him. I don't know, but it was creepy. Oh, get that. somebody. I really need help. I need to right? get out of here. And when I was watching it, and he's like, you know, we don't want to be rude, and we didn't know what she was saying. And I looked at Brian. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. You know she's casting on you. Get the fuck out of there. You don't know what she's saying or casting on you. And run and dodge. No, you don't have that energy's following you now. Hurling those things at your back. Oh my god. Yeah. Isn't that crazy though? Don't want to be rude. Or, or are those people that went to visit Whitacombe got possessed by the dead bodies from that lady? From the town. And they're just 
and they're just milling around, not knowing who they are, what's going on. I don't know, but as I told Brian when we were watching it, that's one of my fears of dying. I don't want to be stuck in purgatory. Because mm -mm. purgatory is your own hell. I want to be able to cross over. I don't want to be yeah. stuck. And to be stuck in this creepy-ass shady town where you all died in this burning church yeah, with this freak, death. isolated lightning storm that happened, and to be stuck there, and now it's, at this point, it's 1980, and this happened in the 1600s. You've been stuck a fucking long time. That's a lot. Yeah. That's awful. But, I could not. Right? I just... I mean, it was such a quick story, but it was just the thought of like, like you're on your honeymoon, you're excited and you're like yeah. traveling and let's it's, go to a pub. It's beautiful like woods that they're traveling through. Like, let's go, you know, we're in Yeah, I bet it was yeah. like super picture. I mean, I could just imagine like yeah. the woods out there in London are probably gorgeous. But then they get into that town and it was like so eerie. Even just on the reenactment, it just you could tell how eerie it must have felt. And he even said, like in the beginning, he's like, I am not someone who ever believed in any of this kind of stuff, you know, and he's like, and then this happened to me. And so that, that too is when I'm like, okay, that happened because it takes a lot to make someone or to convince someone to believe in something mm -hmm. that they're so dead set against. And for someone to be so against it and say, there's, this is not real. There's, you know, this doesn't happen. There's no afterlife, blah, blah, blah. And then to come on with the story and like, be that shaken by something that's when I'm like okay yep yeah, that really yeah. Happened. it's real yeah. you were walking Free. around with dead people you and you just went on national television and said yep yeah that and happened. you were willing to say that yeah I know it's crazy like, oh, it's so crazy but I hear of a lot of ghost stories happening in London yeah I was thinking the same thing when you said that's like thinking about like Jack the Ripper and yeah you know, and all that like we've said before it's it's an older part of mm -hmm. the world yeah, we need to hop the pond, as they say, and <laughs> find some. There's a lot of spooky shit over there. There is. Like I said, Jack the Ripper, Dracula, werewolves of London. I mean, <laughs> I mean duh. Come on. I mean, we're always enamored by stuff that's like 1800s, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but they go back to like further. <laughs> this is not a history podcast. <laughs> if it's not on Google, we <laughs> don't know. If you are looking for specific locations, <laughs> dates, and times, you don't look to here. The place. <laughs> Did you know that Sleepy Hollow, which is where the Headless Horseman takes place, is a real yes. place in New York? It's called Sleepy Hollow, New York. No, I did not. Yes. Um, when we need to go to Salem, Massachusetts. Booking well. our flights. <laughs> <laughs> Super first class. Thank you. Thank you. Set. <laughs> Next credit card. <laughs> Oops, did I do that? <laughs> um, yeah, you can discover Sleepy Hollow, New York. And then we could take the train to Salem. All of our sisters in Salem. Yes. Alrighty. All right. Well, um, thanks for coming back yes, and listening to us. Thanks for sticking with us. And uh, sleep tight. Don't let the ghost bite. <laughs> <laughs> what was I supposed to say there? Don't forget to leave the lights on. <laughs> Okay, sorry. Cut. Reverse. Go back. Oh, keeping that in there. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next Friday. Don't forget to go to FreakyFridaysPodcast.com and subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast listening platform. Join us next week for a new freaky tale.